0: You all can stand if you want. We're going to start singing here. (laughs) Take some of the time up.
1: I being one worth- The sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. to lift one cry, then from north to south and east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Then in one Enraptured hymn of praise Missing Christ Be magnified Oh Christ be magnified Let his praise arise Christ be magnified In me Oh from the
0: altar of my life Christ be magnified in me
1: Oh, I won't bow to idols I'll stand strong and worship you And if it puts me fire I'll rejoice cause you're there too I won't be formed by feelings, I hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just the doorway into resurrection life. If I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. When you return in
0: glory With all the angels and the saints My heart will still be singing And my song will be the same oh, Christ be
1: magnified Let his praise arise Christ be magnified in Bye.
2: Really hit it home for the truth of the gospel and sound theology, and and just really encouraged. Thank you, worship team, for doing this and choosing these songs. Now we want to welcome you. Uh, we're glad you came and and decided to join us at uh, True Life Community Church, uh, right here in St. Charles in this 370 Valley that God has called us to minister and mission in. Uh, we're glad you're here, and if you're a first-time guest, we are. Uh, we want to give you a welcome, and we do have a QR code. Uh, you take a picture of it, and you'll get that link that'll take you right to a, a place where you can register and receive text that will let you know what's going on in the life of the church, let you know how um, where you can communicate with us, and so we are just glad you're here, and we want to say welcome uh, as, as warmly and, as, and as, as lovingly as we can. Um, we also have announcements. We have a uh, neat time in the life of our church. Uh, Doug Inman and his wife Colleen and their kids are all going to be coming. We've been saying this the last few weeks, but it's getting really close now. Doug is preaching today at First Baptist Ferguson, and so he is in the transition there and saying goodbyes and never really say goodbye, saying see you laters and coming, coming, getting ready to come and serve through here. And so good thing is going to be coming. Uh, we, uh, also have the address for tonight's small group at 5:30 at Eric and Maddie's house, and uh, they uh, they live in an apartment. So bring your food. Uh, and these have been really good good. But uh, we are really glad you opened up your place and and that we're going to be able to gather tonight at 5:30 for small group. And they've been good times together. And uh, we just keep keep uh, keep growing. And God has uh, giving us some good times together. And then, uh, hey guys, Pastor Gene here I Gene. just wanted to uh, thank you uh, Church, uh, again for making it possible For Amanda and I and the kids To just take a extended vacation uh, Just to relax And to recharge our batteries um, If you are new uh, to True Life, I wanted to personally Welcome you, and wanted to Encourage you, up on the screen during the Offering, there will be an opportunity To scan a QR code uh, Or to text hello to a number I want to encourage you to do that Uh, That way I know that you visited, and I really look forward to meeting you uh, when I get back. And there that is again. And I'm going to recommend that we have that up in a few places around the foyer. Uh, Let's see if we can get that done next Sunday. So it's a lot easier than doing this. A couple of shout-outs. Sylvia and her family, so good to see you guys. And it was wonderful to know that um, our church has been able to pray for you and and be there for you during this time. It was such a joy for Dan and I to get to meet all your family and spend, have a wonderful meal and just a good time. And Kevin and Josh were there as well. And it was just a a celebration of life, is what it was. And to know somebody's a believer and when they die they're going to heaven and they're with Jesus, it's it's different. We we grieve differently than the world when you know Jesus. And then I got to take a point of personal privilege here. My son and daughter-in-law Michaela are here, and our grandson there okay i'm looking for him <laughs> there, he is here and uh and so get a chance to see him and just tell him tell him how beautiful he is okay and uh yes praise god and um, we uh we pray for l and m as they serve in south asia and am very grateful for the work they do and now it's l m and a okay all right uh, at this time we're going to receive the offering and so if the Lord, as the Lord has blessed you, give back to him and worship him. And there's no doubt the Lord has blessed you. Give to the Lord and as an act of worship today. And as we do, the children will be dismissed uh, for to be with my lovely wife, Dana, and, uh, and their lesson on praise today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now that Dan has left the room, I can talk about her a little bit, (laughs) but uh, now she's going to watch this later, so the, uh, I don't know, I'm dating myself because I don't know if you've ever made a mixtape, or if you know what I'm talking about with a mixtape. When I was in junior college, I had a stereo that had cassette player, phonograph on top, and AM, FM radio and big speakers, I was so proud of that thing. I bought it by installments. And, and I could make music by putting cassette in and pushing record, but I had to wait till my favorite song came on in the radio, and then I could record that song and then stop and then record the next one and make that together and make a whole cassette tape of music that I liked. I did that for Dana when we were dating And I made this cassette with all these really neat love songs on it, and we lost it. I don't know where... One of our moves, it's disappeared. And so so just just to give you guys a little bit of lesson on mixtape, I'm going to give you a little history lesson. If we were archaeologists and we were digging and we had Stratus, we would have in 1877 the phonograph. And the phonograph these are called records the kids are gone so they have no idea what. but you know what's cool, these are coming back and I have a a good collection of these, this one that I have up here is Keith Green, No Compromise one of my favorites and then after that came these who knows what this is an 8 track tape I don't know if it still works or not but this is Larry Norman and this is a really classic one And I I had a whole bunch of them, but that's the last remaining one that I have. And then came the cassette tape. The cassette tape. You remember getting those coming out in your car and all those come out and you had to get your pencil and rewind it back up? The cassette tape. This is what I was talking about with cassette. That'd be the next strata. And then came along CDs. And CDs are these... Neat little things that pop in and play. Now, we're getting a little reverb here. And now, everyone has either Spotify or Pandora or some uh, playlist that they have on their iPhone or on their phone. And they listen to the music that way. It's progressed a long way through. This summer, we are doing a series called Summer in the Psalms. Last Sunday, Kevin Hess from Lake St. Louis Baptist Church came and preached on Psalm 32. Pastor Gene said, whatever one you want to choose, choose. And he chose Psalm 32. And I got to thinking to myself, well, that leaves 149 left for me to choose from. And I began to kind of wrestle, what did I do? And I got to thinking, you just need to have an introduction to the Psalms. And so I'm going to give you an overview of the book of Psalms. So I'm going to preach Psalm 1. 150 so are you ready we're going to be here for quite a while if we do <laughs> so it's quite a bit but the uh, the title of my sermon is my playlist for life the psalms my playlist for life i do like with spotify that i can make playlists because when noah and i went to go to uh, colorado and hike a 14 thousand footer mountain i put every song i knew about mountains on this playlist I had Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I had uh, Alabama, Mountain Man. I had uh, just different songs about mountains on this on this CD, uh, CD. <laughs> there you go. On, this, on the Spotify playlist that we listen to. And so you've done that before, I guess, if you've made your own little customized playlist. Well, God has given us his playlist from Psalm 150, in a, from Psalm 1 to 150, and it's a playlist for life. And my, my prayer, as we see the scripture up here of Psalm 96, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. I, I am thankful that God gives us new songs. We have new songs that are always coming. And God has given us a new song. But we have old songs. And Psalm 1 through 150 is a collection of old songs. But at the same time, they're timeless hits that never, never lose their value never lose their meaning. In fact, they're inexhaustible, inexhaustible and, and, and we could never comprehend them all. There's a psalm that I want to use as a prayer to begin us out with this sermon today. Is Psalm 19, and it's verse 14. And this, this is going to be my prayer as we walk through this overview of the psalms today. It says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Isn't that beautiful? And then another one that I'd like for it to be our prayer today as we look into this psalm would be from Psalm 139. And it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. New songs, old songs. The real meaning behind the verse that you see on the screen is that God has given us a new song in our heart and life when we meet Jesus Christ. The old song was off key. The old song was a dirge. The old song was nothing. But now the new song that we have in Christ Jesus, he has transformed our life and given us new hope and new meaning and love and joy and everything that comes with knowing Christ and being with him. And that's the song we get to sing, the new song for him. And we have a, a, a privilege to be able to proclaim this. this. And uh, I brought a book, and this is, again, this may be a little archaeology as well, but this is a hymnal. Are you familiar with a hymnal? Yeah, hymnals are good. I like hymnals. And uh, I'm old school in that way too. I, I, I keep this hymnal by my chair where I have my morning devotions, and so with my Bible and my hymnal, I get to worship him in my times alone with him. And this hymnal is chock full of old classic songs. It's got a section in here with Christmas songs and and the carols and just just beautiful songs, one right after another. And as I begin to look at it, you know how songs are. You remember where you were when you heard a certain song. You remember a person or think of a person. Last night I was singing. I've been trying to sing a song. It's just me and God, so I can make a joyful noise. But they're in my basement singing the song out. And yesterday I was singing, Living for Jesus living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please him in all that I do, yielded, glad-hearted, uh, and, and, and that's the rest of the world. But it's, it's just a joy to be able, and that song makes me think of Alma Pomisano at Havana uh, Church where I was pastor there, and she was our piano player, and that was her favorite song, and she loved that song. So I know you've got some memories like that with, uh, with songs that you've, that you've experienced over the years. But today, the Psalms help us move to a God-centered reality. The Psalms are words that put into perspective our own emotions, our conflicting desires, our times of suffering, our times of faith and doubt, and they run the gamut between the ecstatic praises and the lows of despair. Because they're all about life. And they are a playlist for life, or you might say a soundtrack for life. You know, a movie has a soundtrack, and there's different songs that they play throughout a, a movie. But my goal for us today is that you'll appreciate and love the Psalms. But even more so than that, you'll love the author of the Psalms. You'll love Jesus. You'll love the Father. You'll love the, you'll love the Spirit, as he has given us this, this book, this collection of 150 They also, I pray, that our goal for this time together will be you'll learn how to worship by using the Psalms, learning how to worship in a right way. I pray you'll be honest with God by using the Psalms. It is a book of brutal honesty in places where they cry out to God. It's not a niceties, it's not a book chock full of uh, uh, nice sentimentalities, but it is a book that that... that is, gets gut level and raw in places when the, the psalmist is crying out to God in his frustration, in his disorientation, and in his life, whatever's going on. And I, and I would pray that you could have such a working knowledge of the psalms that you would know, like, when I am feeling this, I could turn to psalms. Or when I'm going through this, I could turn to this specific psalm or this specific verse in the psalm. And so I want to start off with thinking about what others have said about psalms. Martin Luther said the psalms is the Bible in miniature. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, The richness of God's word ought to determine our prayer, not the poverty of our heart. And he said that in the context of of psalms and how that the word of God directs our prayers as we pray the psalms. Psalms teach us the right manner to praise. This is John Calvin. John Calvin. There are other prayers in the Bible, but no other place we have an entire course of theology and prayer form and no other place where you can have every heart condition represented along with the way to process that situation before God. And that's what Tim Keller said. Michael Card, a, an artist, a, a Christian singer, said the Psalms are a connection for us. I love that word connection. The Psalms are a bottomless resource for all the things we need. And then, last but least, not least, uh, I like Abraham Lincoln's comment on the Psalms. Abraham Lincoln said, they're the best. There's uh, something new every day in there for me. <laughs> and, so, and that's so true, the Psalms. It just There's something new in there every day. They're a connection. They're a theology. They're, they're a life situation, knowing where I'm at. It's God's word to us, Psalm 1 through 150. And so... Let's just start with Psalm 1. Psalm 1. It says, in Psalm 1, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked, they are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. I want to give you a little bit of background on the Psalms. The Psalms, again, there are 150 in in this collection of book. And in the Hebrew, it just means songs of praise when they say the word Psalms. And there are hundred, hundred. There's the longest book. the longest book in the Bible, that it has, that has uh, the longest chapter in the Bible. You know what that one is? Psalm 119, 176 verses. It has the shortest chapter in the Bible, two verses. That's Psalms 117, and uh, at, at Psalms 118, verse eight is the middle point, middle point of the Bible, the 31,000 plus verses in the Bible. Psalms 118, verse 8, is right in the center. So if you need to find Psalms, just open your Bible. It should plop open in the middle to Psalms. And as we have, there are five sections or five books of Psalms, five groupings of Psalms. The first is Psalms 1, 1 through 41. And each one of these has a unique benediction at the end where it's a doxology, where it ends that section. Psalm 42 through 72 is the second one. Psalm 73 through 89 is the third one. Psalm 90 through 106 is the fourth one. And Psalm 170, 100, 107 through 150 is the, the fifth one. But the cool thing is these correspond with the Pentateuch, the five first books of Moses. And these also in topics in the Psalms correspond with the first one, like Genesis, a relationship with God. The second sh- sh- section of, the, of Psalms talks about redemption and the Exodus. And so it's talking about God delivering us. And then the third one talks about the sanctuary or the refuge. And that's Leviticus, that Leviticus talks of this. Psalm 90, 106 talks about rebellion. And, and it talks about, that reminds us of numbers in the, in the first five books. And then Psalm 107, 150 reminds us of renewal. And that points to Deuteronomy and how they renewed the covenant before God. God put this book together in five chunks for us to see and to look at and to read. And I think that's pretty cool to know that and just to have that background of it. There are several uh, authors. Seventy-five of the Psalms are attributed to David. Twelve are attributed to Asaph. Eleven to sons of Cohen. One to Moses. One to Solomon. One to Haman and one to Ethan the Ezraite, and then there's 48 that are orphans. Nobody knows. They're anonymous. We don't know who they were written by. But God gave us his word. Can you imagine if you were going to, like, a store to buy some sheet music, uh, to buy, like, an actual something sheet music kind of thing, and you found a, a copy of a sheet music of a song by Bob Dylan, But it actually, when you opened it up and you looked and it was signed by Bob Dylan, it was his. And it had all his markations and notations of how he was going to play this chord and do this song. It was the author's sheet music. And wouldn't that be something to be able to have that? I remember when I toured the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in one of my travels when I was in Cleveland. And I looked and I saw it was pretty cool to see some really famous songs written out in hand on like a legal pad or just a little, you know, piece of paper. Uh, And it was the beginnings of this song that is now really famous and everybody knows the song. God has done this in his word because Psalms is a part of God's inerrant inspired word. And his whole book is God's word to us. It is a thus saith the Lord. It is God speaking to you. And just as we read Psalm 1, I don't know if you heard God speaking to you in that passage, but I did. If I, for me, when I was in college, I had Dr. Gary Galliotti, who was the Old Testament professor, and this was down at Southwest Baptist University. And Gary Galliotti was a real personality. He had just lots of you know he had lots of ways of saying things that would make you laugh. And I remember he would talk about the Ark of the Covenant, and he'd sing a little song. We got the Ark, glory hallelujah, we got the Ark. You know, and they were, you know, Israel's because they had the Ark. And uh, and I remember a part of his class, he had us memorize passages of Scripture. And I memorized Psalm 1. It was a part of our grade to memorize that, but I remember memorizing this, and uh, I memorized it in the King James, Blessed is the man who walks not after the counsel of the ungodly or sets in the seat of the scornful. walks with the wicked there is a a a beauty of having that that's been in my heart and life since 1982 1980 and 1980 and when I read it again and I read it again, it's like God is speaking afresh and anew. There's the contrast between the wicked and those who reject God and the contrast of those who believe God and love his word and want to meditate on his word. He says they're like a tree planted by the rivers of water and their fruit bears and it bears in season. And, they, and they, they prosper. And it's a beautiful psalm to start off this psalm uh, book of Psalms to let us know that, hey, God's word is important. God's word needs to be valued, and God's word needs to have a place in our heart and life. If I was creating my playlist from the book of Psalm, and I did, I'm going to share it with you. And I want to just, we're going to go see the Blue Angels this afternoon. And I want to give you a kind of a quick flyover like the Blue Angels would do. I'm just going to give you a quick flyover of these Psalms. But I want you to know, you know, last, last week we had Psalm 32. But I'm just going to walk you through some and just touch points in my life and my journey with Jesus along the way. Psalm 2, I listened to this song this morning while I was riding my bike. It was a song by Rich Mullins, Let the Nations, uh, When the Nations Rage. And in Psalm 8, uh, this was put to music by Keith Green, and I remember that song. I remember where I was when I heard these songs. They were just meaningful to me in the psalm. Psalm 19, about my meditation and my heart being acceptable. I read that to you. In Psalm 20, I remember doing as a, as a chaplain for the Mustang Car Club, the Mustang Cars. And I had an old Mustang of 67, and I was a part of this club in Indianapolis. And we used to do pony rides, and we would go places. And I remember uh, I was the chaplain, and we had services. And I remember doing Psalm 20. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord. And some people trust in their cars, but no, hey, we trust in the name of the Lord. And uh, that one has a special meaning to me. Psalm 27.1, one I memorized. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my life. Psalm 30, um, my times are in your hands, O oh God. I was in a car accident, nearly died. I, 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 I could have died because just a matter of inches. And, and I remember that song, my times are in your hands, was going through my mind. God has my times. He has it in his hands. Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that phrase. And, I, and, I, and you keep tasting and you just want to keep coming back for more with the Lord. Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Why, when you think, look at why the wicked are prospering and here God has given me that wonderful psalm and that's meant a lot to me. In Psalm 42, I had a nephew that took his life. And I had to do the funeral, and, and I, I had the, the opportunity to share the hope of the gospel to a lot of people during that time. And this is the one that I preached because it says, why are you cast down? Why, is there, why do you feel like there's no hope? That's a beautiful psalm of hope in the midst of a very tragic time. Um, at Psalm 46, the Lord is my, my refuge, my strength, the present, ever-present help in time of trouble. I preached a sermon at Northside Baptist Church back in the day when we had a pastor that hurt the church very badly by his lifestyle and choices that he made, and it was just a a horrible time, and and that announcement was going to happen, and I preached that psalm, And, and to this day it was a psalm that still means so much to me as I keep coming back to it, knowing my Lord is my refuge. Don't put your trust in a man or your hope in a person, but accept Jesus Christ. Psalm 51, I remember hearing about this at a Youth for Christ camp in Evansville, Indiana. Psalm 61, I was on a mission trip in Haiti, and I remember taking a cold shower, and there's a song by Matthew Ward, and it says, Hear my cry, O God, give ear to my prayers. From the ends of the earth, I'll cry to you when my heart is faint. And I remember singing that song with that cold shower coming out of me. Psalm 67, right in the heart of the Bible, Missions of the Bible. And Psalm 67, it mentions the nations, the world, our peoples, over and over again. And that's God's heartbeat. Psalm 84, and Marcia will appreciate this one, because one of my mentors in ministry, Ed Hankins, who's now with Jesus, that was one of his favorite passages, Psalm 84. And he talked about, I just want to be a doorkeeper at the house of the Lord. And uh, better is uh, one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And it's just a beautiful psalm. And it reminds me of Ed and makes me think of him. Psalm 90 makes me think of my grandma, my grandma, who who lived to be in her 80s, and she used to always say that you're promised 70, and I'm living on borrowed time now, and my grandma loved Jesus, and I remember grandma and grandpa reading the psalms every night together. That was a part of their routine. Psalm 91, just real recent in the last couple of years. Psalm 91, Dan and I read that every night during COVID when we were shut down because there's such beautiful things in there about how God takes us and covers us with his wings, and how he protects us and takes care of us. Psalm 91. Psalm 100 is a a song of thanksgiving. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. You see where I'm going with this? I'm I'm, going to keep going on. Psalm 110. Uh, We see this is one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament, and it talks about Jesus and him being the cornerstone and how the the, father, the, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand, and it's the it's beauty of that. Psalm 103, uh, as far as the east is from the west, I remember my son Noah talking about this psalm one time and saying, that's how God forgives us as far as the east is from the west, and he had that aha moment. I remember Psalm 119, it's 176 verses, right in the middle. I remember at vacation Bible school, I didn't get to go because I didn't grow up in church, but as a, as a older, young adult, and as, a, and as an adult and pastor, I've been my share of VBSs, and I can do this still by heart. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, and will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, and I'll hide its words in my heart that I may not sin against God. And that's the Bible. God has given us that, and that comes straight from Psalms 119. God has given us his word, and we're commanded to hide it in, his, in our hearts. Uh, in Psalm 121, Carolee Watson, from a church that I grew up in in Mount Vernon, um, that uh, we would go on, when we take our teenagers anywhere, Carolee would want us to read Psalm 121. That was the traveling psalm. And at the end of it, still to this day, every time I take off and every time I land in an airplane going with my work, I think of this psalm because it says, The Lord watches my goings and my comings, my takeoffs and my landings. He's with me to take care of me. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. And I remember a time when when Dana was going through a real tough time in pregnancy, and she was suffering from sleep deprivation because of some medicine she had to take. And there's promises about him giving his beloved sleep in this psalm. And it just brings great, again, I was there when that happened, and it means something to me. Psalm 133 about unity. How blessed it is when brothers and sisters dwell together. Psalm 137. We could not sing the Lord's song in a foreign land. We hung our harps on the on the on the willows, but the Lord will bring us back to the land. That's a beautiful song of returning. And then Psalm 150 is the psalm of a crescendo of praise, and it makes me think of of a. A band that's just the cymbals are hitting, the drums are going, and, and you see it here. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him his unequal greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and the dancing. Praise him with the strings and the flutes. Praise him with the clash of the cymbals. Praise him with the loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Do you have breath today? You should sing praises to the Lord. God's name is Yahweh. And Yahweh's name is so, it's, it's neat because it's, it's named, we don't know the vowels, and we really don't know if we're pronouncing it right. But I read this thing, and it's just so, I, I'm, I'm mesmerized by it. I lay in bed at night in the quietness and the stillness, and I, my breathing because if you've ever noticed it, you get still. It's yeah, Yahweh. He is our breath. He breathed life into us. He breathed the Holy Spirit into us when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He dwells within us. He gives us breath and life. And we need to praise Him with our breath. You know, I went through a lot of Psalms on my playlist right there. And I left a lot off that I could have included. And I was hesitant because I thought I might lose you. And I hope I didn't lose you. But I want to tell you about Psalms is if you've been there and you've experienced, you're going to sing it in a way like nobody else. Francis Scott Key, do you know what he did? He is the author of the Star Spangled Banner. He tells the story of what happened there at the Fort McKinley in, in Baltimore. As the flag was still standing and all the, all the array of of bombs and everything coming their way and and old glory was still waving there can you imagine the guys who were there in that fort when they heard that song and they sang that song it really meant something to them didn't it because they really had that they had that experience they were there And that's my prayer for you with the psalms, is that you'll have the experience in the psalm as Gene preaches through these psalms and digs into them deeper this summer. I pray that you'll really want to experience that and know firsthand, not have a second hand, oh, well, that's a good song, I like it, we sing it before ball games and stuff. No, you really, I know this psalm and it's changed my life, it's impacted me because I've met God here and I've had an encounter with Jesus Christ through these psalms. There's some psalms, and I want to just give this to you, because there's like, you think about the different genres of music, there's jazz, there's hip-hop, there's country, there's, you know, there's a long list of genres of music. In the psalms, there's different genres of psalms. The biggest by far is laments, and that's like Psalm 13 would be an example of a lament. That's grief and sorrow over something that's happened, some injustice. Praise. Psalm 8, or like we just read, Psalm 150 is a great example. Thanksgiving, Psalm 30 is another genre of psalms. Enthronement or royal psalms, that's another genre of psalms that speak of the king. Uh, Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Lift up your gates. The king of glory is coming through. The king's glory. There's psalms of history, historical ones, where it talks about, like, you know this psalm, if you've ever read it, it's like, uh, it says the mercies of the Lord never fa- uh, endure forever, or the love of the Lord endures forever it 's like a back and forth it gives the history, but the Lord, love of the Lord endures forever, it gives the history that 's psalm one thirty six and then there 's those that have confidence like psalm twenty three one of the most beloved psalms there is, and it 's a song that you hear at a funeral oftentimes, but it 's also a song of the living because He walks with us and takes care of us as his sheep and then there 's songs of of celebrating the law, like Psalm 119 or Psalm 19. Then there's one that's called impractatory psalms. Now, that's a big word, but that's a psalm that, that's kind of hard to get your mind around because it's a psalm where they're, they're just basically saying, God, break that person's leg or, or dash that baby. Or, you know, there's some very violent things that it's, it's like payback. Lord, pay him back. Pay him back hard. And, and we understand those now in the lens of Jesus through turning the other cheek and praying for those that your enemies and blessing those who curse you. We understand that now. But these Psalms were, were curses basically imposed upon people. And, uh, and it's, but they're brutally honest. And that's what the Psalms are. And then there's Psalms of repentance and change like Psalm 51. And then there's psalms like the pilgrimage of Psalm 120 through 134. Then there's prophetic psalms like the messianic psalms, and we'll get to that in a minute. Prayer, and there's prayer, straight prayers in the book of Psalms. Psalms is a beautiful book. It will soothe you, it will challenge you, and it will protect you as God gives you his word. But you know, Jesus had a hymn book. Did you know what Jesus' hymn book was? It was the Psalms. And can you imagine thinking, as Jesus singing these psalms? We think of WWJD, what would Jesus do? WWJS, what would Jesus sing? I believe he sang the psalms. He loved the psalms. In fact, I have three pages with 68 references to New Testament quotes of Messianic prophetic psalms that spoke of Jesus whether it was his life, whether it was his crucifixion, whether it was about his resurrection, his ascension, there is 68 specific references to Jesus in these psalms, to his coming and and what he was going to do for us. Psalm 22, when Jesus said on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then you read the rest of the psalm, They pierced my hands. And, and you cannot but read this and realize this was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus ever, even before crucifixion came on the scene. But it was describing crucifixion. Jesus found great comfort in the Psalms, but actually Jesus fulfilled the Psalms and he lived them out. So whether it's from Psalm 1 to Psalm 150... God has something to say to you from the Psalms. And if Jesus sang these songs, if these were the stuff of his life, they ought to be the stuff of our life, too. And my challenge is for you, you will take the Psalms in like this. And I want to give you an illustration to illustrate this. If you could imagine a, a garden, a beautiful garden, and you see a butterfly just kind of floating around, going to one flower, going to another one, floating around, floating and fluttering around, to the next one that's one way to approach the psalms you could do that and then there's another you could imagine a man coming in there who's a botanist and he's got a magnifying glass and he's got his notepad and he's going in there and he's analyzing these flowers and taking them in and 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 gleaning what he can learn from them but then there's a bee that flies in and the bee flies in and buzzes in and the bee lands on the flower goes in deep drinks out the pollen he went in empty and he comes out full and he and he's he's walked away changed he's tasted the sweetness of it and he's got sustenance to live on and to go further and i ask you today are you like a butterfly when it comes to the psalms or to the word of god are you just kind of like flittering around thinking i'll touch i'll touch it here there or are you like the botanist who got to get in there and study everything Or are you like the bee that's going to go in there and just drink it deep and receive what God has for you in these psalms? It's the word of God, and it's a word that was given to us to help us along the way, to encourage us in everything that we do. But it points to Jesus who died on a cross, who was buried, and rose again. And I ask you, do you believe the truth of that message, that Jesus died for you and gave your life, his life for you? in exchange for your sin. He did that for you. And this psalm, these psalms will tell you and show you how much God loves you. And so what I want to challenge you to do is if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to give your life to Jesus. And right in the quiet stillness of where you're at, give your life to Christ and say, here I am, this is the day I am giving my life to you. Lord, remake me, change me, change who I am. I pray that you would do that. If you're here today and you're a believer, my second call to you is this. I challenge you to fall deeply in love with God through the Psalms. And I would encourage you, if you would read five Psalms a day in one month, you could read through the book of Psalms. I'm planning to do that myself. Dan and I are going to do that. Five, you could start July 1st, you could start right now. But I just encourage you to get in there. And read that prayer book. Read that book of worship. Read that book of praise and thanks to God because he's given it to us. And and he'll change your life if you do that. One of my goals was that you would love and appreciate the Psalms better. I pray that you have after today. There are 71 notations of Selah. It's a word, it's a musical notation, which means pause and think about it. My prayer for you this afternoon would be that you would just take a moment to have a Selah moment and think about the Psalms and think about your either neglect of them or you're your flittering around them or you're your analyzing them and not treating them like the prayers and the heartfelt word it is. But that you would drink it deeply and dig right into those Psalms and gain the strength that God has for you there. I pray that our meditation has been acceptable to God today as we've looked at these psalms. I pray that your playlist is really powerful and strong for Jesus and that you have a relationship with God through the psalms. I pray also that the Lord would search your heart and see if there's any wicked way in you, anything that's not in accordance with him, any anxious thoughts that you might have, and let him remove these through the words of his psalm. God wants you to just come to him and listen to him and worship him. So pick up the hymn book, pick up the, the Bible book and pick up the hymn book too and sing a new song to the Lord and let him give you a new song here today. Let's stand together and I want us to pray together as our worship team comes. And let this song be a song of commitment, a song of dedication, and a song of giving your life to the Lord in a, in a fresh way. And maybe for the first time ever, let's pray. Father, thank you for the beauty of these psalms. Thank you for the beauty of you, the author of them all. And thank you, Father, for giving them to us. And I pray that throughout this, this, these weeks ahead, as we dig into them deeper, that you'll encourage us and you'll challenge us, you'll soothe us, you'll protect us with them. You'll help us hear your heart and your voice. And Lord, speak to us even as we sing this song now and, uh, and worship you together. And let us do that with our life and every fiber of our being and sing the songs that Jesus would sing. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
1: For the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. It has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus. You have saved my life, brought me from the darkness into glory. Place laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And now death has no sting, and life has no end, for I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. The blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. It has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus. You have saved my life. Brought me from the darkness into glorious light. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of
2: to the lord all the earth worship the lord with gladness come before him with singing with joy acknowledge that the lord is god he made us and we are his he made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture enter his gates with thanksgiving go into his courts of praise and give thanks to him and praise his name for the good his unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. And may God bless you as we go. Amen. Blow your eardrums blow your out. <laughs>